What up, though? It's your boy, KG Kevin Gill, and you got it locked in while being driven through the Spanish announce table. The Spanish announce table. Kevin Gill was right. You have found Pro Wrestling's best podcast, your favorite podcast, the Spanish announce table. Tim and Tom here, ready to talk about some pro wrestling. We had AEW Double or Nothing this weekend. We had WWE's Night of Champions this weekend. You even had NXT's... I totally forgot. I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the pay per view, double or nothing. I can, uh, foreshadowing, I'm going to bring up Night of Champions, but I forgot that it was this weekend. It was like a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that it happened, right? Oh, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about all that fun stuff. We would love if you join us here live on the YouTube. Of course, if you're listening back on the podcast, we understand you cannot go back in time, or can you? Uh, and and join us live, but you can do it next week when we do this Thursday nights live here on the YouTube at precisely on the dot exactly 715-ish. And uh, join us, talk to us, get in the chat, talk about pro wrestling, but you can you do that in other ways. We've got a bunch of tweet tables. We've got about five of them, I think, Tom. Uh, tweet hey. the tables that you can go on Twitter, That's use great. hashtag tweet the table and talk to us. And you can always send us an email, tableshow at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, by the way, Tom, we've talked about this briefly, but uh, we have a 10 year anniversary show coming up next month in July. And so we want any old listeners get the word out. And I don't mean old, but I mean, you're probably old if you've been listening to us for 10 years, but long time listeners uh send us something right send us an email a, a, a video a audio chat something talk to us say hey something that help us reminisce for the 10-year anniversary and get the word out to your other friend apostrophe s about our 10-year anniversary show however caveat if you've only listened to us for a couple months send us something new listeners also yeah absolutely. yeah this is not just like you had to be an og back when we did it at uh cumulus like anytime papa shango's basement you could do it now you could do it then anytime speaking of joining us live in the youtube chat and longtime listeners uh we even have famous listeners tom one of those is in the youtube chat right now mr adam pearson says tweet the table baby and yes please tweet the table we've got some tweet the tables i know twitter's a thing still uh, while it lasts we're still doing tweet the table so please join us we will talk about that we've got some to talk about aew we've got some to talk about aew uh <laughs> coming up later as we talk about aew uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Tom's got a special segment for us this week. Yeah, it is almost halfway through the year, so we've got the almost mid-year awards coming up tonight. Uh, everyone, it's, it's on top awesome. of everyone's mind. It's yeah, on the it's top of everyone's awesome. mind. Uh, and of course, we're going to take a trip in the Spanish announced time machine and talk about things that happened uh, back in time on this day in pro wrestling. Tom, God, I'm excited for this episode. What about you? Well, I'm glad you are. So let's get started with On This Day. <laughs> okay, I guess that. We'll let the therapist dig into that one there, and we'll start with... Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. By the way, this is a fun segment that we used to do, and we're doing again. We like to take a trip. Oh, Adam Pearson says, so have AEW just had their first man pay-per-view? Ooh. Oh, we are going to talk about it, Adam, because mm. I don't know. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Tom's takes tonight. Oh, I'm tempted. 
They are the solid. He's picking a side here, and he's sticking with it either way, right? Tom, right here. All right, we will be uh, taking a trip in the Spanish Announce Time Machine and talking about things that happened uh, on this day in pro wrestling history. You may notice if you're watching us live that these are a little predated because I like to use these for social media clips. Next week, magic of television, right? Play along and join us as we talk about what happened. On this day. June 5th. 2000. Okay. Where we're going here, right? WCW Nitro. Jeff Jarrett, you asshole. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. You got to guess. WCW Nitro was held in Atlanta, Georgia. Matches on the card included Goldberg defeated Tank Abbott. Right? (laughs) Tank Abbott. God bless him. Tank Abbott, yeah. Billy Kidman lost to GI Bro. Mm-hmm. GI bro. Scott Steiner defeated Vampiro. Hulk Hogan defeated Horace Hogan in a steel cage match. Yep, his nephew. Vince Russo defeated Ric Flair in a steel cage match. <laughs> Kevin Nash won a gauntlet, defeating Disco Inferno, Chris Candido. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, (laughs) Disco Inferno, hard gauntlet here for Kevin Nash. Disco Inferno, Chris Candido, Johnny the Bull, Big Vito, and Rey Mysterio Jr. in succession. Terry Funk lost the WCW Hardcore Championship in a hardcore match to which wrestler? I, I don't know like his WCW name, but it was Sandman. Mm. Right. That's a great guess because it's a hardcore title and a hardcore match, but that is not the correct answer. The correct answer what? is oh. Mike Awesome. Not Mike Awesome. That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. What was Damn he doing? It. In, was he the fat chick thriller? And mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> Mike Awesome. It is Eric Bischoff. The, oh my the fuck. world renowned. <laughs> Hardcore enthusiast, WCW 2000, Eric Bischoff. Oh, Theo says we should bring back Scott Steiner sound clips. We might be able to work those back in here. Yeah, donate a dollar. Yeah, we've got a new sound clip from current. You know, we are trying to stay somewhat current, but of course, you know, Scott Scott Steiner Steiner clips. Timeless. You know what I mean? Is is timeless, right? Yeah. Yeah, we we should be ashamed of ourselves. We are a bunch of nerds. Yeah, all right, we'll get the Scott Steiner clips going back again. Yeah, all right, now let's find out what happened. On this day. June 6, 1993, WWF Monday Night Raw tapings were held in Albany, New York. They were all over New York at this time. Matches of the on the card included Bam Bam Bigelow being disqualified in his match against Tatanka, Yoko Zuna, Defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. Luna Vachon defeated Sensational Sherry. What a fucking match. Those are two chicks that were ahead of their time. Anyhow, go ahead. They definitely were. The WWF World Tag Team Champions Money, Inc. were disqualified in their title match against Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan. This is a weird time frame, right? Because the names I just said there. And then we got the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, defeated Marty Jannetty, 
for the Intercontinental Championship after having just lost that title to his mm. former Rockers partner a few weeks prior. But this card is also noteworthy as the WWF programming debut of which eventual WWE Hall of Famer? Mm, yes. The that debut. Was... And what year was? What year again? 93? June 93? 1993, yes. The debut? Yeah, the WWE like... debut of this eventual WWE Hall of Famer. Wow. Trump. No. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to say... <laughs> he was 19- on before 93, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, 93. I'm going to say... Was it Farouk? It was not Farouk. Good, good thought there. Adam Pearson says, I missed the Mad Ox clip. And yeah, we should find a way to incorporate the Mad Ox clip at the very All right, what is it though? What is it? Uh, This is Kevin Nash. This is when Nash appeared as Diesel and would align with Shawn Michaels as his bodyguard. I don't even know if they named him Diesel right away then either, if if I remember correctly. It was just that guy, right? This imposing figure or whatever the fuck McMahon would have said. Splitting hairs, Tim. But is a Diesel in the Hall of Fame, or is Kevin Nash in the mm, Hall of Fame? Aren't they both? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I said Kevin Nash, and he appeared as Diesel. And would right. Have been a so, so is Diesel in the Hall of Fame, or is yeah, it only sure. Kevin yeah, Nash? Right. Kevin Nash is Diesel. Yeah. I mean, yes, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. Hey, who's driving the fucking time machine? <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you're never happy. <laughs> Ooh, good guess. So you didn't fucking awesome. care where we eat? Oh, I fucking picked this restaurant. <laughs> All right, calm down. I'm having a little flashback here. Flashbacks. All right. No, but Kevin Nash, I mean, we've talked about this. Uh, if I go back, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, just because of his, like, he was, he embodied what it meant to be cool in that day and age, right? I think that's why wrestling was so hot back then too is because some of the biggest acts were just straight up cool people you had your scott hall your kevin nash steve austin right they just had general you know Shawn michaels they just had general coolness about them yeah now in retrospect though and not to say this is only kevin nash this is a, a handful of people though mm-hmm. they definitely thought that they were cool oh, you hear him yeah. talk it's oh, like hey! yeah uh, I, I always think back to the comment of uh, Kevin Nash on Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions when he said, I was the closest thing wrestling had to Tupac. Mm-hmm. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. <laughs> That's a real quote from Kevin Listen, Nash. I know you used to tie your bandana in the front in a way yeah. that would have got you shot if you guys did shows in Watts. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know this was your appearance, yeah. but you were not. You were not Tupac. Yeah, let's yeah, let's just leave it at that. He he was a cool guy to hang around in that time, and I'm sure he's a cool guy now. But yeah, uh, Adam Pearson says Nash's quads are made of broken dreams and Atari hardware. <laughs> That's good stuff. I like that. All right, let's move on to the next day here. June 8th, 1988. Okay. Mm -hmm. NWA Clash of the Champions 2 Miami Mayhem was held in 
Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. Barry Windham on the card defeated Bar- oh, excuse me, Brad Armstrong. Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Let's see them names. Bobby and Tommy defeated Butch Miller and Luke Williams. You may otherwise know them as the Bushwhackers. Jimmy Garvin and Ronnie Garvin defeated Mike Rotunda and Rick Steiner, which is a fun pairing. Yeah, that was before that predated Scott Steiner. Right. Nikita Koloff defeated Al Perez, which is a name I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. The NWA World Tag Team Champions Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard of the Four Horsemen wrestled to a double disqualification in their title match against Dusty Rhodes and which wrestler? June 8, 1988, Clash of the Champions 2, Miami Mayhem. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is teaming up with this man to take on Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Lex Luger? Ooh, such a great gl- guess, and you're on the right track. Sting? Sting. It is oh. Sting. 1988, Miami, NWA Wrestling. This is prime stripper cocaine time, right? This is... The best this time in pro wrestling. Up. This is they are living it up. They are making the towns, right? Probably in an Oldsmobile. Hell yeah, brother. Staying at like motels, like motels off the highway. Gold chains, right? Bar fights with each other just to make the Bar local fights. newspaper. Not a camera in sight anywhere to catch any of the shit they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's always, it's always... You know, famous heel wrestler knocks out anonymous person, which end up being just one of their friends. Uh, but it was like, oh, man, that guy's tough. Wait till they come back in town. Right. It's like, well, it was a yeah. work because they just did it amongst themselves, you idiots. But they were so tough back then. There's one guy, Ming, he ripped off someone's nose. Because yeah. you've always heard of the time when someone got their nose ripped off. Look, I'm not saying that those guys were not tough as far as like they can overcome physical uh feats of strength or that they couldn't like gut through something but this idea that they were the best fighters in the fucking world easy okay right take easy. it easy. easy uh here's something that's real fun tom that we're gonna do because this is the magic of you know you know the internet and podcasting and, and social media hell yeah uh, we just talked about what happened on June 8th, 1988. But if you'll notice, mm-hmm. uh, might have skipped a day in our weekly progress. Uh, so we're going to hop back in the time machine. This beauty of having a time machine is we're going to go back even today. And you know, when we chop this up for social media, no one will be the wiser except for you folks who listen and watch live on the live stream uh, and maybe listen back on the podcast later. But fuck it, right? Give us some money. Maybe we'll be better at this. <laughs> Give us a dollar. Donate. Yeah. yeah, we'll go on let's there. Go. Let's see what, what are we doing? On June seventh, two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Not a good time. Not a good time. Not a wrestling. good time. A viewer's choice edition of WWE Raw was held in Miami, Florida. You remember this? Where yeah. they would like vote on matches and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. This card featured one of the most memorable endings to a Monday Night Raw ever. The main event match between John Cena and CM Punk ended in a no contest when the eight rookies of the recently concluded first season of NXT rushed the ring and destroyed everything in their sight. 
Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan was eventually released from WWE due to this segment after the company received backlash from Bryan choking ring announcer Justin Roberts with his own necktie. These right. remaining seven rookies would eventually be known as Nexus and would become a staple of Monday Night Raw for many weeks to come. So besides mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, Tom, can you name the seven members of the original Nexus? Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 So does Ryback count? Because it was Ryback counts, but it was Skip okay. Sheffield. Yeah, Skip I'll give Sheffield, it to you. If yeah. you if you can identify who it is, I'm not gonna get hung up on the semantics. Yeah. Because there's uh, one of these you're not going to get. <laughs> um, the the lawyer that was married to Jennifer Hudson. Um, yes, is David Otunga. David Otunga. Uh, oh, um, the flippy guy. Uh, now he's in the independence. Yep. Um, yep, yep. Oh, what's his, what's his name? Now he's PJ Black, but in yep, WWE, yeah. he was from South was, Africa. Right? Yep. He was that guy. So there's that one. Justin Gabriel. Yep. Ah, what a fucking generic name. Yes. Um, so that's, huh, 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 huh. So I've got four. Yep. Uh, five would be, oh, Tarver. Michael Tarver. That's the Michael one I thought Tarver. you would not get. See, no, I girl, remember. He's... Yeah, because yeah. I remember. I thought he was That's cool. The one name. Well, you remembered Wade Barrett, but like the only name yeah. you've remembered is Tarver. Tarver. <laughs> the one I thought yeah. he wouldn't. <laughs> no. So there's Tarver, um, and then there's Heath Slater. Heath Slater. Are you and sitting then, on one uh, remaining, huh? Yeah, and then um, damn. You taking any days off, you. Tom? No days off. Mr. No Days Off. Oh, wait a minute. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, John Cena. Black John Cena. <laughs> Black um, John Cena is Darren Young. Yeah. Darren Young. You got I it. Swear Good to job. God, I swear to God, the first time I saw him, I remember calling my friend up and I was like, are they doing John Cena in blackface? And he's like, what? And he turned it on. And there was like seven seconds where we're like, I can't believe they never did anything with that. Like that bothered me to no end because like that. That was a hundred percent. John Cena. So much alike. Mm -hmm. So much alike, especially then. Like nowadays you couldn't run that gimmick back. They don't look alike anymore. 2010. At that moment in time, time, it was a dead. It was like Cena spray tanned too much Mm -hmm. and and things went south. Yeah, absolutely. The Nexus. That was weird. Yeah. I mean, the the only moment that came from it was obviously the first night when they, even outside of the uh, Daniel Bryan thing, it was still a cool moment. And then it became mm-hmm. even more infamous because he got fired. Uh, and then the other only moment that they had was when Daniel Bryan came back at SummerSlam as the mystery uh, partner for John Cena, Bret Hart, Edge, Chris Jericho. I remember and seeing whoever Punk then let it and then added new yeah. members and stuff. Yeah, and that was, yeah. After after John Cena beat all of them in one night, that was when they that were was done. the Nexus Wolfpack, but just less yeah. cool. It didn't even work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. All right. all right, well, then let's do the last one. On this day. June 9th. 1997 WCW Monday Nitro aired from Boston, Massachusetts. Alex Wright defeated Chris Jericho. Conan and Steve Mongo McMichael 
wrestled to a draw. Riveting television. Lex Luger defeated Hulk Hogan via submission. That was one of my matches of the day. Yeah. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were disqualified in their tag team match against Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. And the WCW United States Championship changed hands when Dean Malenko was pinned by which wrestler? United States title? United States title. Dean Malenko was pinned. Lost that title. What year? 1997. Goldberg. Ooh, Goldberg was solid choice. But you know, okay, one, one, one more, one more. DDP. Ooh, DDP is a good solid choice. Yeah, that's good. But you know, it's not DDP either. Chris, oh, God damn it. It's, it's Jeff Jarrett <laughs> winning another title. <laughs> winning another title. Jeff Jarrett, Tom's <laughs> favorite of all time. Jeff Jarrett. You motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you got me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Made you think we weren't going there. Yeah. And we got him. Yeah. We found Jeff Jarrett. I wouldn't leave you hanging without a Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> all right. Yeah, T.Y., I like you so much. Bitch. This segment's my new <laughs> yeah. favorite segment. <laughs> yeah, I know why it's your favorite, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. What a fucking... Theater of the All mind right. fuck that was. Well, speaking of Jeff Jarrett, you're going to bestow awards upon some of your favorite moments in pro wrestling for this half year, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm going to do one moment, and then the other are just uh, general acts. So, again, as we mentioned at the top, this is going to be the almost mid-year awards it's on the top of everyone's mind we're all yeah, of course, thinking of it right. so i might as well we're just do it jump. Now, right we're beating everyone to the yeah. punch so mid-year awards fun thing about this tim doesn't know who i picked and so we're just gonna kind of tell my uh, categories and then tell my picks and then see what tim has to say maybe tim has a better pick than i wouldn't be the first time so for our almost mid-year awards i'm gonna start off with what was the hardest one for me and it's entrance of the year. Mm. And the reason why it's the hardest one of the year, and I told you this off air, I think this is an all-time year for entrances across pro wrestling. I even said you could really say Nick Gage every time he wrestles in GCW could be entrance of the year because of how the f- crowd gets into such a frenzy, right? So that's off the charts. Awesome. You got to see it. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And if you are close to a GCW show. You have to be a part of it. It's amazing. Tim and I did it last year. It's the best. So again, honorable mention, Nick Gage, other honorable mentions before I give you my pick. Uh, you had Sami Zayn in Montreal. You had Sami Zayn in Saudi Arabia at night of champions where he did his entrance in Arabic after visiting the Mecca. That was incredible. Obviously his hometown Montreal was also insane. Uh, you had Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico with the crowd just losing their minds. Also, this past weekend, speaking of Sami Zayn, you had another really cool entrance that I thought deserved a little of attention. Jade Cargill coming out with her sorority, and then that girl who sings Pretty Girls Walk Like This, and they do a whole little dance and everything before she kicks Ty Valkyrie's ass. That was cool. Uh, so all of those entrances, amazing. 
better than I can think of in recent time. But Tim, for me, entrance of the year, given the circumstances of who they were or who they are, who they were facing, the stakes attached to the match and how everyone was against them. I'm going with from AEW Dynamite, the ass boys with mini men by 50 cent. Yeah. That's because again, that's the one that's the one. So good. Cause again, like breaking character or breaking kayfabe Chambaya for bad bunny in Puerto Rico that had more of a social and cultural significance. Again, Sami Zayn and his personal connections to two of those towns. Yes. But if I were to tell you, here's a pro wrestling entrance where you don't know anything about pro wrestling, I would argue that that's the best entrance of the year because you immediately know from the booze that start before the music even hits that they hate them. The whole crowd hates them. If they win, the good team has to leave and they all know it, including the tag team. Many men, if you listen to the words, it applies exactly to the ass boys in that situation. That's my entrance of the year. Ass boys from AW Dynamite. I, I don't think I can argue with you on that one. I was trying to think, I was listening to all your, you know, because again, haven't heard these, so it's hard to think in the moment without kind of doing some, you know, online looking things up. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying to think of anything else. You'd mentioned a bunch of honorable mentions. I was like, man, what else happened this year? And trying to restrict it again to January and on. Cause I was yeah. like, well, you know, we were at uh, all out. And then when I was like, oh, but that can't count, right? We can't count the, uh, you know, MJF returns, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Th- that's a good one. God, that. I remember thinking I was like, they've arrived, right? Now maybe, you know, you know maybe not yeah, so much. Right? But, cool. <laughs> you know, but like that entrance was fire. And I, I hope they can use that again for big moments. Yeah, they had their moment. If if anything, they've had a moment in AEW. That's what I would say that they have at least done so far. All right, so now we're going to move on to my male wrestler of the year. And again, with this, you have a lot of great people out there currently. Kevin Owens, I think, is doing really, really good work. John Moxley, as always, is doing really, really good work, carrying the company at certain points throughout mm-hmm. this year. Kenny Omega, we even saw a five-star match in person uh, with him and Vikingo. Again, and we can keep going on and on, but those are the honorable mentions that I had. But for me, I don't know if there's a guy, even though he may not be Hold my on, favorite. If, hmm? if I can real quick mention hmm? we, we saw a Kenny Omega-Vikingo match. Hmm? We were in Kansas City when we saw that. Mm-hmm. Do my eyes deceive me? Are you wearing a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Oh, I shirt? am. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just yeah, no yeah, I forgot yeah, they won we're... the Super Bowl. Right. Well, and so, Tim, just to clarify, this uh-huh. isn't Super Bowl 54 that we won. This is Super Bowl 57. This was the last Super Bowl. Last year. Against the Super Eagles. Bowl. Not 2019 right. when we also won against the 49ers that time. It was last year's Super right. Bowl when we beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Yeah, not when we show that we're better than San Francisco, but when we show we're also better than Philadelphia. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. And so look, sorry, back it, to the almost made no awards. Yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> so again, a lot of very honorable mentions there. Uh, you could argue that they are the almost mid-year wrestler of the year. But for me, I have to go with 
who I think is honestly the most over they've ever been. Maybe Becky Lynch, the man levels of over in pro wrestling as a whole. I'm going with Sami Zayn. Ooh, Sami Zayn, huh? Almost mid-year male wrestler of the year. You got the turn. Yeah. You got all the stuff with him and Jay. You got the whole stuff with him and Kevin Owens. Yeah. You got the reaction. You got the reactions like I talked about at Night of Champions and at uh, the Montreal yeah. show. You know, I, I'd say the strongest contender that I, I mean, I, I some that comes to mind is MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jungle Boy's had a great run the last couple months. I don't know if you'd give mm-hmm. him an almost mid year. You know what I mean? If he's had enough time. Um. So yeah, but I mean, you're not wrong with your choice either, right? It's an opinion, and that's just to get yeah. you, you know, conversation. And as always, if you disagree, a hashtag to table or send an email, tableshow at gmail.com. Let us know who you got for these categories. I mean, so you could argue uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, yeah, definitely. Roman Reigns, even though he's not as active, every time he is active, Kevin he's Owens, as you mentioned. Yeah, Cody Rhodes, even though he's a dork, you know? You know, we did our uh, two AEW fans predict wwe night of champions and i i went and checked i went five and two and you went four and three we made the same exact picks except for the final you picked brock lesnar or you picked cody rhodes and i picked brock lesnar uh like i think you were kind of somewhat right in the idea of the one match where you said the usos would would cause roman to lose albeit you said you thought they would they thought they would be helping Mm-hmm. Roman, that didn't exactly kind of happen. Uh, well, initially the, uh, it did. Yeah, correct. Initially it did, and yeah, then Roman true. True. was footing it. And then with the Cody Brock thing, I said he was just going to get suplex cityed, which didn't exactly happen, but he did win. Yeah, he did, Brock did win. Yep. So yeah, we uh, we we made a claim that you didn't really have to watch at all. Nope. To moderately don't. predict pretty well, and I think five and two is pretty good. I think four and three is more than you know half. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's move on to the next category. This one was honestly the hardest one, not because of so many moments, because I don't. in both of our tires because we're talking about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. You know what? Bring it. Hey, I don't mind paying a couple hundred extra bucks for some new tires, I guess, if I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, worth it. Please don't slash my worth tires. It. I want to be clear. I mean, I do have road hazard warranty, so, I mean, there is that. I rarely drive my car, if any. Right. You live in a very highly walkable area. Yeah. Nice. I don't know. The, I walk every I day. I live in a highly walkable area, but not for any commerce. It's a nature yeah. walk. I can't even tell you the. We're recording this on a Thursday night. And again, we don't have public transportation like a New York or anything like that. I no. can't tell you the last time I drove my fucking car. It's probably best. Driving it tomorrow. I'm driving it tomorrow because I'm going to Big Slick where I'm going to watch. Super Bowl champions Travis Kelsey, Creed Humphrey, and Patrick Mahomes play a celebrity softball game at Kauffman Stadium. Motherfuckers, what's That'll up? That'll be really fun. Um, and it's it's probably best for everybody that Tom is not on the streets as often as possible. We've seen how angry he gets at pro wrestling. I'm in these streets. I'm in these he's streets. In I'm these just trying to car. He's not driving in these streets. Yeah. He's waiting for you to Bring get it. out of your car. Yeah, yeah. Come to on meet now. him in these streets. Uh-huh. Yeah, you <laughs> can right. see me so, in these streets. All right, all right so let's get back to mid-year it. awards. Almost mid-year awards. 
almost mid-year awards. And as I was saying, this is the hardest category for me. It's female wrestler of the year. And not because, as I mentioned with entrance of the year, there's this plethora of so much going on that what do you pick? Honestly, for female wrestler of the year, it's kind of slim pickings. Because Bianca Belair, even though she's been champion the entire time of the year, except for obviously this past weekend, nah, does anyone really on fire for Bianca matches? Not really. Asuka, up and down. Who knows what's going on with her? Yeah. Becky Lynch, again, kind of up and down, and then doing this Legends thing with Lita and Trish that's been kind of hit and miss. Over an AEW. Alexa Bliss is pregnant and won't be around. You would know that if you heard our news. Yep. Over an AEW, you know, Jamie Hayter, who is awesome, but not Jim. really seen week to week, you right. know, uh, the outcasts, I don't think are necessarily, you know, lighting the world on fire. You could argue now Tony Storm coming down as a two time champion, but that's very yeah. recent with this win. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm going to go with the person who I feel like is positioned as the 2023 version of china and so i'm gonna go with Rhea ripley Ooh, i think yeah. the mommy thing that she's got with dominic i think every time she's stepping up to solo sakaya or aj styles all this stuff where she's being positioned like okay bring it and people the guys are like shit i might not win this one you know uh obviously she's a champion she won in a very good match at wrestlemania over charlotte uh, so yeah, for you all know, those reasons, I think I'm going real. I think she was my first uh, female pick in pro wrestling's best mock draft, if memory serves mm. me correctly. That Unless you was, lost. Yeah, I think it. it no. Yeah, 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 that you lost. Oh yeah. The vote um, said it. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know what I determined is. Uh, Logan Paul's not a good pick. Next time <laughs> that we do these like picks and we want to like yeah. have something on the line and lose us uh -huh. to do something. Yeah. Loser is gonna have to pick a random date, uh, in in a WCW 2000 Nitro, and watch yeah. that start to finish in real time. Right, like no, <laughs> no 1.5 speed, no skipping. Well, watch it all. We, we and do could, a report. Uh, yeah. Well, we could do a uh, a callback to episode 21 and just watch an episode of WCW 2000, uh, drunk. Because that was fun. Might need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Rhea Ripley is the answer, I think, here. I think the only one you could argue are Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill. Um, and Jade Cargill, I think, just because of the stop-and-go nature, would be out. And Bianca Belair, more so just because it was the tail end of her kind of rising action, I would think you would leave that off. And I think you'd go with Rhea Ripley, absolutely, for the almost mid-year awards. I think that's a solid choice. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Absolutely. Now let's move on to our tag team, the tag team of the almost mid-year. This one has some good choices. You can you can go a couple different ways. If you wanted to go like with uh, weekend, week out entertainment, you could go maybe Alpha Academy, maybe Street Profits. You could even do a Sammy and Kevin Owens as they came together. Uh, over in AEW, you still got the acclaimed. You got FTR, even though they were kind of absent most of this year so far. Uh, ass boys, as we mentioned, tag champs. Uh, but I'm going to go with not necessarily in-ring action, although they bring it, and they had one of the best WrestleMania matches on night one. But I'm going to go with the most interesting from a storyline perspective tag team, and I'm going with the Usos. I think their interactions with Sammy, with Kevin, with Roman, with Paul, with each other, 
And then they're in ring action where at the time earlier this year, they were defending week in, week out against the Street Profits, against Alpha Academy, against whoever it was. I really think they are the most consistent and top tier tag teams. They are already top tier before 2023, but top tier for this half year. Out of the seven names you mentioned here, Young Bucks, Usos, Owens and Zane, Ass Boys, Alpha Academy, acclaimed FTR. Alpha Academy is entertaining the, as they are in as many spots as they had, I feel like are the lowest on this list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Young Bucks probably just, well, maybe Ass Boys just above them. I think they had a good storyline that they mm-hmm. ran with and they made the most of it. Young Bucks above that just because, I mean, well-established veterans, but didn't really do anything from uh, January to now that I think was like, that we're going to write about in the history books, right? We won't be talking about right. a whole lot of them when we do. Right? Like, we're not going to do that. Um, Owens and Zane, obviously, I mean, had a big-time storyline, but the, a lot of it was still born out of some singles work they did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, acclaimed, again, I think after, kind of we caught them from January on, after their big kind of rising moment. So they done FTR yeah. and Usos. Like you said, Usos were more consistently – in that spot right when they had the titles for that whole time they were on the main event story of the entire company and the biggest company in the world so yeah i would go with the uses yeah and with the young bucks they were really doing trio stuff with kenny omega against death triangle for the majority of the year that best of seven so they weren't exactly. even really doing tag team stuff necessarily so yeah usos i think uh so far the almost mid-year a winner for I love this. Tag we team of make the this every June, yeah. like first week of June, we should do the almost, almost mid-year. mid-year awards. Yeah, well, and it also will help us when we get to the end of the year, and so we don't have to cram last minute. Yeah. We can go back to this episode. Well, the thing is, like, if if I don't get around to doing the prod work for it, I have a whole month where I can just chop out every time we say almost, and it's the mid-year awards. <laughs> I take a month to get around to spicing it up and making it, yeah. Yeah. So, we get, so it could be the almost mid-year awards. It could be the mid-year awards. It's versatile. It's versatile. I love this. Yeah. Editing magic. All right. So here we go. Now we're going to go to – I'm going to switch the order. I have it written in a different order, but I'm going to switch it because it's it ties together. Okay. I'm going to go with the feud of mm. the year. And again, you have a lot of great choices here. You could do Death Triangle versus The Elite. Best of seven series. Two, a couple of those matches were all timers, right? Like, like legitimately. Might have gone on a touch too long, but yep. Nice. You could, you could obviously do Sammy and Kevin against the Usos night one at WrestleMania. You could do Cody versus Roman WrestleMania. Uh, you could do Brian Danielson versus MJF over in AEW. A lot of good options, but for me who's making this list. I am going with the feud of the year. John Moxley versus hangman, Adam mm, page. Yeah. And here's the reason why here's the reason why. Cause some could argue it's actually, uh, the, my favorite feud of the year is Blackpool combat club versus the elite. Well, that all started with a title match between hangman and john moxley in cincinnati and ever since then when moxley knocked out hangman legitimately in the match we have gotten all of this we have gotten blood feuds and promos of the years and matches of the years and anarchy in the arena and all of this stuff was born out of 
one one-on-one match for the heavyweight championship between John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. What was the phrase we got from Moxley where he's like, or don't you remember or whatever? Like when he like went into his head when like oh yeah head, yeah like, when he, don't you remember we talked about it or whatever something yeah oh yeah or it was yeah, so, don't you remember the violence? They found a way to blend in 2023 which is difficult in the pro wrestling industry on live you know this social media driven kind of company to blend real and storyline into this to make you to make you feel something and want an outcome even though you understood this is a you know we're watching a a play happen here live on screen uh it made you care right like it made you be like you had real life sympathy i had dad sympathy for hangman you know what i mean well it was a real incident right they took a real life yes concussion right and then spawned that into hangman has to watch himself because he wants this match so he can't go out there and attack john moxley but moxley's gonna cut him down and then all of this back and forth it really helped moxley make that turn of what we have now where moxley Mm -hmm. is the i don't like remember when brock lesnar said i don't give a shit about your kids and it really sunk in that like not no human empathy here for anything that you have i don't care like i care yeah. about me and my wife and like nobody else right like Blackpool comic that club. moment moxley like hit for me i was like oh we have a like he's not necessarily heel all the time moxley because maybe that's dead in 2023 like the the hard lines but like we have a we have a out for himself and will will wouldn't piss on your face to put the fire out john moxley well i would argue more so than that and this is where like him and eddie kingston do it well both of them do it exceptionally well probably better than anyone else is you know if we were to go into this world as if it was real they understood what they signed up for so they understand the consequences so if you go up against them and they know that they're violent and you get hurt tough shit that's what you signed up it's for there's no that. like yeah they kind of approach it of like listen of course i could find empathy for you i'm a human being i, I have wife and like but like i made the choice that like one of us is going to have to suffer that and it's and you and it's you but yeah. you knew that coming in here that if you didn't beat me you were going to have to suffer that you were trying to make me suffer that that was your yeah. goal and he failed. And so, yeah. And so then he can go on both sides where he can get jumped during a match because someone's trying to take advantage of him. Or like right now he takes advantage of the elite. Cause he thinks that they are lesser than them and they're getting the TV time. So let's get him out of AEW because we're the actual heart and soul of this company. So yeah, he's amazing. So, and on the other side, hangman with the, one of my favorite promos, I didn't do promo cause there's a little bit too much. Uh, and obviously, if you include Max Caster's uh, raps, you could say that was a promo as well. But there's a little His bit too rap many. Yeah, from this weekend might have been promo of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's too much stuff. But if you go back to the two promos from this feud that just stand out to me, one, the Hangman promo where he's backstage with a doctor and he talks about that concussion and and the EMTs looking at his phone and saying, "Is this your daughter?" and him not knowing his daughter's name was fucking incredible oh, it was yeah it was, it was and it then was, it was disheartening at, 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 yeah and then on the other end of the spectrum when john moxley was in the stairwell bleeding from his face talking about how he's more of a dog than hangman and we're gonna find out who's gonna be 
on top after this next match that we have and just the spewing of venom. I mean, Jesus Christ, those two are incredible. Yeah. So, no, it was amazing. I, I agree with you too. I think that's the the uh, thing of the year. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of went down that. I want to go a little further down that rabbit hole. Could a Max Caster rap ever be so good we would consider it promo of the year? Like yes! this one was really good, but a promo I feel like enhances a storyline, and these raps come at the match. You know what I mean? Like that's my worry, right? Like, is it like? Well, tell for the story, me, if you will. Well, it made me more invested because I was like, "Is Blackpool Combat Club gonna kill these guys now?" <laughs> Yo, I mean, he really he found a way here where we've talked about how it is hard in 2023 to do the act that he's doing, mm-hmm. right? The I'm gonna say something to piss you off, but also not get canceled, right? Is a hard line to walk. I can say many things to piss you off to enrage you to want to fight that I would not be allowed to come back on television and say again, right? Like that's easy, right? But doing it, you know, getting you pissed off enough to where like the sensors aren't going to take you down. He did that here in this promo on double or nothing, which, you know, we may talk more about, but like, yeah, again, I was like, man, I, I'm trying to think like, are there more promos that were better than that moment? Like, uh, cause I consider that a promo, right? It's mm-hmm. just done in rap form. Yeah, I mean, again, we can. Uh, I didn't have that as one of my categories, so we can maybe do some research, or again, have uh, any of the listeners or viewers give your thoughts on could there. that be? Is that a promo? Is his raps yeah. a, promo, a promo, or is it promo like? Yeah, I, yeah, that is an interesting question. Okay, now to go to my last category, it's obviously going to be match of the year, and as mm. I kind of alluded to before, I said feud of the year. I said that feud of the year and match of the year are uh coinciding with each other and so with that being said my match of the year and hold on before i say that actually let's give some honorable mentions uh as i said uh, during the feud of the year the uh iron man match between mjf and brian danielson off the charts amazing vikingo versus kenny omega dynamite amazing the Sami Zayn, kevin owens versus usos amazing roman reigns uh, versus Sami Zayn up there in Montreal. Amazing. So there's a lot of good options that you had there. But for me, because I love violence and I fucking love violence, I'm going with John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page, Texas Deathmatch, AEW Revolution. There was a fork to the forehead, there was buckets of blood. It ended with Hangman legitimately earning his nickname by hanging John Moxley from the ropes with a steel uh what, what was it? It wasn't a steel oh uh, pipe, it was a uh, yeah, what was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Chain link. It was a chain. Yeah, it was a chain right. link. Uh, steel, steel chain link. Yeah, and just hanging him from it, like it was insane. Yeah. I agree with you. I man, I'm I'd, I'd I'd have to go back and watch both of them. But right now, I'd want to argue that MJF Danielson Iron Man match. I remember thinking that might be the best Iron Man match ever. Right. Yes. I, I was like, I'd have to do a deep dive on those. But that gave me instant feels like this would be a competitor for that. Yes, and it is. Here's the only thing that I would argue in 2023, being a type of wrestling fan that we are. We both know 
it's coming down to the last 10 seconds in the oh, 60 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of check well, in and out. An overtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're always, yeah. And so that was my only it's caveat. Long. Yes, that watching an Iron Man match, you really got to be invested in the story. You got to well, be so not necessarily. Not necessarily that it was an Iron Man match, because if you recall, Hangman and Brian Danielson did an Iron Man match, but it was a draw, but we didn't know it was going to be an Iron Man match, right? They said 60-minute right. time limit, and then, oh, shit, they went 60 minutes. Right. This was, it's going to be 60 minutes. And as a wrestling fan, we are, and probably you are that are listening, we know that means drama in the last 10 seconds yeah. or last well, minute. Well, Iron so. Man match generally means, like, the Iron Man, it's, you can have a 60-minute match, time limit but it's still one fall and iron man 60 minute means whoever gets the most falls in the 60 yeah we're gonna so go right, right so you can so kind of check can in work and out. out the same way but yes you know and yes I, I i will say like it's that unless you're so invested in the story an iron man match can be a little bit long like jesus guys bret hart Shawn michaels you chop this guy bret hart Shawn michaels sucks it sucks Shawn michaels is great that match is boring as shit i challenge anyone to go watch it watch it without fast forwarding and yeah, i don't have add i don't ha- i don't have the like oh god i gotta I you know well but i'm saying like i can watch yeah, long I shit i'm not gonna go back and watch as boring shit. as fuck just hearing you suggest it is boring all right jeffrey todd <laughs> jeffrey todd in the chat says wrestling rules and wrestling does rule. I don't know if you've been with us the whole show, Jeffrey Tom, but right now we were doing Tom's almost mid-year awards. Uh, talk about pro wrestling. The best things that happened this almost half a year. Almost half of the year, yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. That's great. It's good stuff. Yeah. And hey. everyone's thinking about it. So I just got there first. Brian Jay's also in the chat. And he says, baby. There we it is. Got some, uh, we're going to hear more from Brian J and Tweet the Tables when we talk about AEW Dynamite. Ooh, Stay tuned. Brian, let's hear your name again later in the show. Yeah, so let's get into... He says agreed, Tom, to... but I don't know what he agreed to because, again, we have about a 60-second delay between the chat. I, I, necessarily, yeah, you're I'm always I'm sure right. he was yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going a little long, so let's kind of speed through the rest of this show because we don't want to keep it too long. Let's get into our AEW Oh, no, Dynamite I don't have any friends. Review. I need people to hang out with all night. You guys are well. Uh, game one Tom, of the NBA Finals. All right, we'll pull it up. Let's watch it. Huh? Like, let's <laughs> Nuggets Heat, the yeah. most boring basketball game. We of will the commentate. Year. You don't even have yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Look at this loaf of bread. Shoot a three. Anyhow, it's AEW Dynamite recap, and we are going to touch on a little bit of the double or nothing as well. But we're not going to do both of it because that would be droning. So let's start off with Dynamite. Again, we'll kind of go back and forth between this and double or nothing. But Dynamite kicks off with the Blackpool Combat Club versus Lucha Bros and Bandito. Tim, Bandito, Spanish for bandit i've heard that before before <laughs> rosetta stone bitches what's up you're not doing so <laughs> man yeah. everyone does rosetta stone yeah, sure yeah yeah that's yeah. what they've stopped they've stopped public education to just give you rosetta stone instead of going to a spanish class you right get yeah a CD. yeah for the people who don't have rich parents go to private school you just you know what i mean online get YouTube a cd it. and get the fuck YouTube off youtube yeah. stuff yeah so Blackpool Combat Club coming off of a hellacious match at Double or Nothing against Ooh, yeah. the Elite in Anarchy in the Arena. So before we get an into this match, shoe. 
Well, let's talk about that. What did you think of Anarchy in the Arena? Fine, right? For what Anarchy in the Arena is supposed to be, it delivered. I thought it was fine. I worry about these types of match every time we go in because when you try to make it happen, sometimes it feels like you're trying to make it happen. I didn't necessarily get that feel here, though, so I felt fine with this, but I also am not coming away with, like, you've got to see this Anarchy in the Arena match. Didn't feel any greater or even worse than the one we got before. So, Tim, I'm going to tell you my thoughts. I think all eight of these men fucking delivered. I'm going to also tell you, as I've told you for the last two years of a four-year promotion, that the only new hires for AEW needs to be behind the camera and not in front of it. This match was only passable as far as like, I'm not going to watch it again. Like I'm going to pass. That's how I mean passable because of the production. I think if you would have dug a little bit deeper into um, Claudio and Matt Jackson in the back of that pickup truck, or if you would have dug a little bit into hangman, I think it was throwing Brian Danielson down the guardrail face first into a super kick from one of the young bucks you would have had more fun, but everything was two to three seconds off. If it didn't happen in the ring, it was, Oh, Hey, we almost missed that. Oh, Hey, but you almost got that. And it's like, it would be cooler if you fucking men and women behind the camera knew what was going to happen and could just go to it. It's especially bothersome for this example that you're talking about here with this kind of match, because I'll hear you. If you're going to say, Hey, listen, we're still figuring out this production thing. We didn't, they didn't work out that they were going to do that spot. We didn't know what was going on. But this match is all of those kind of spots. They had mm-hmm. to work out all of these things. They knew when they're going to go backstage into, you know, fill in the blank, you know, area of the building. They're going to do this spot here. They may even have to set up a special stunt coordinator for one of them. There's no mm-hmm. reason you should miss those shots in that match. Right. Exactly. And that's where... And the other thing that I'm going to be a little bit more of a hard ass on than other companies, promotions that are four years in is uh, it's not from a lack of uh, funding that they couldn't get the right people there. You're right. You know what I mean? It's not a yeah, this impact ain't GCW. wrestling. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. These aren't those little companies. This that are Central little States engines wrestling. Of, yeah. This is a billionaire with billionaire budgets that can get the right people and they're either choosing not to because they're too loyal to people who can't do the job or maybe yeah. there is only one guy that can do it and he's over in WWE. Look, well, I look, don't know what the answer is, but yeah, you, we yeah. got to figure that out. I mean, look, the high quality, you know, sinus cleanser keeps coming through. I'm sure that doesn't miss a quality step. So why is the, mm-hmm. the production missing a step? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Sinus cleanser. Everyone has sinuses. Is that time of the year? Yeah, yeah. You got to clean them out. Otherwise, it gets stuffed up. So let's get to the end of the match here. Obviously, we could talk about all the different spots. As you mentioned, I think the spot of the night was the exploding yeah. shoe. Which Brian J kick. says uh, anarchy in the arena was good, but the exploding shoe wasn't needed, in my opinion. They didn't need it to go over, or to go over him, perhaps. I mean, but what else would you talk about if that didn't happen? Makes for a cool... YouTube yeah. clip too, right? 
Yeah, yeah. It makes them go viral in an age where the currency is attention. So that's why I would argue for it. But again, yes, it wasn't going to be something that you're going to... attention is a great episode title. I I mean, that's what it is. Write that down, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, So let's get to the end here. We have Yuta and Kenny Omega fighting in the middle of the ring. Don Callis, that piece of shit, he gets in the ring and Kenny Omega throws you to the side and he turns his attention to Don Callis. And then from out of nowhere, wa-boom! Takeshita sloppily hits a knee, which I think he tripped on Don Callis a little bit because maybe Don went the wrong way, which again, you can't get take-twos. I'm not trying to be that much of an asshole with that. But goes into Kenny Omega with that knee and then Yuta gets the pin on Kenny Omega. So what did you think about Blackpool Combat Club winning, the Elite losing, Takeshita and Don Callis, the whole fallout? I, at the time, thought, okay, we expected this. We knew this whole Don Callis is going to lead Takeshita. I think we all kind of envisioned this is where we're going, this is what we're going to do, and it happened. And I was like, all right, this is where we're going to go. I'm not up or down either way. Until we got to dynamite. Yes. Which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to then this match. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it was uh, the Blackpool combat club consisting of Claudio, John Moxley and Yuta taking on Lucha Bros and Bandito. Again, that's Spanish for bandit. bandit. And they brought it. That is incredible. That Blackpool combat club can go through that hellacious of a match with that many crazy spots and things to think of and trauma to the body and then do that shit again on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, it's almost like trying to do a podcast every week. Shit, man, it's hard. Yeah. Here's the spot of the night for me with this match was the one minute suplex from Bandito on Yuta. <laughs> it was way more than I a minute mean, too, wasn't it? I mean, that thing was... Yeah, but like he was, he was arching the back. He was flexing the the abs he was doing yeah, everything both he guys were really I mean, they, they yeah. really got their money's worth today oh, they got an shit. extra hot dog and two handshakes yeah it was crazy so blackpool combat club wins this match they again solidify themselves as the top faction in aew no harm to lucha bros or bandito they're gonna be fine uh as mentioned the lucha bros are the tag team champions over there in ring of honor so they can do some feuds over there bandito kind of just goes wherever he's needed, whether it's with Orange Cassidy yeah. and the best friends or with Lucha Bros. Bandit. He just kind of goes where he needs. Yeah, the bandit. Bandito. Um, post-match, though, we go backstage and Alex Marvez, that sack of yogurt, he is talking to the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page. And Matt says, a long time ago, we said we were going to be the best, and so it's time to be the best. We're... And then... Uh, oh, he says, this guy, Hangman, uh, I said a long time ago, brings out the best of us. Well, I guess the Blackpool Combat Club, they just bring out the worst of us. Let me try to walk on my foot. Huh, nope, can't do it. Motherfucking Yuta went through hell, and he's fucking wrestled the match, but regardless, the Young Bucks are the best. Um, Then they go to Hangman, but before Hangman could even talk, the Dark Order walk up, and like, oh, hey, passive-aggressively, fuck you. <laughs> right like, that's exactly what they did yeah yo that is hey, exactly what they did so they were like oh hey oh oh sorry oh we didn't see your you with new friends your new friends right like johnny hungy was really laying it heavy They're like we're sorry we'll get out of here 
And you can tell that tugged at the heart of Hangman, right? Like he wanted to go to them. He wanted to make it right. So the two things that I thought of with this promo, one, the Dark Order's correct. I love Hangman. And Hangman has came to the defense of the Dark Order when they were feuding with the Elite and that whole thing. I'm not trying to say that Hangman has always been the dickhead, but Hangman said no to him when they asked him to join the Dark Order. Hangman, when he came back, started hanging out with the Elite and then just saying, oh, Dark Order will get to you. After Hangman loses the match with Dark Order against the Elite, he then just goes yeah. straight to the Young Bucks. He's kind so, of a dickhead to this the is, Dark Order. This is one of the beauties of the Hangman character in that, A, not only is it the self-esteem storyline that we've witnessed play out, but also this thing of Hangman can sometimes be a well-intentioned mm-hmm. kind of dickhead, right? Like, yeah. he means well. He's a good guy. He's not, like, trying to fuck anybody over, but he's inattentive in a relationship, right? But he, he's, you know what I mean? He's an alcoholic, and he's got his own problems he needs to work out, right? So well, he's not a good friend. Well, I sent you a tweet that I think summed it up perfectly. Hangman is the guy that made the varsity football team but still wants to play Dungeons and Dragons instead of going to practice. So yeah, he's screwing one set of friends. Yeah, over. right, right. But you can't. You well, know, just you either that, go to practice or you play the. I even Dungeons think a little deeper of like I think we've all been in these moments where we're like, you know, we played the villain to somebody, even though we didn't oh. really mean to. We no, and we, we didn't even necessarily do anything <laughs> super wrong. Maybe we just oh, yeah. didn't do anything good. You know what I mean? No. Yes, I, I know yeah. you've also done things that were bad <laughs> and done, wrong. I've done all of those. <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot of those. You motherfuckers my, know who you are, and I'm trying sorry. my best to not do any more, but I'm really trying. But nah, there's nah, also the better. moments where you meant well. You were doing yeah. fine. Like, you didn't do anything nefarious. You just yeah. didn't do the right things, right? Yeah. So then the second thing that I picked up from this promo is marvis says tell me hey. i'm a good person tom i'm over here <laughs> yeah sure Never mind. so marvis asked hangman hey where's kidney we heard that he left the country is he back home in canada and hangman trying to leave the situation because again he wants to go talk to the dark order he goes uh he's not in the country but he's not in canada which then leads to speculation that yep. there's someone maybe in japan right Japan? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? He's in Japan. Oh, I hope he's in Mexico. Wouldn't that just throw a fucking curveball? Like it's someone like he's gonna go to Germany and get Alex right. Hell yeah! Oh, if we brought act- back Sabu, we can. Yeah. Yeah. D- Fuck yeah! The pop. If Alex Wright comes out dancing in his leather jacket, we'd all go crazy. Now. Who will it be though? Will it be Abushi or will it be Okada? Hmm? Will it be Abushi or will uh, it be Okada? Yeah. Hmm. That I don't know. I don't know enough of Japan wrestling well, we'll history t- to give you a good answer. There. Well, we'll talk about that again here in just a little moment. So after that, uh, we go back into the ring and it's a really big promo night in Dynamite. Uh, but Tony Schiavone's in the ring and he is with the insufferable Jay White and Rock Hard the rock is hard juice robinson which i'm starting to like just because of what i'm doing to him i don't really like him anymore yeah, but i like no. what i'm doing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 
It allows you to do this. <laughs> the raggedest whore. This is going to be your mad ox, right? This is going to yeah. be your I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dinosaur. I mean, that's the shit. That should actually happen. But yeah, the raggedest horde. So anyhow, Jay White, Juice Robinson, they're doing their bang, bang, look at the guns and the gold and the Austin Powers gold member, whatever the fuck they're talking about. And they're talking to, about FTR. And FTR is like, we don't play these fucking games, dog. What's up? Credit to Juice Robinson in this, though. As they're going back and forth, and then Jay White's like, I think you want to join, don't you? Fucking Juice Robinson lays in a punch to bald FTR that I thought legitimately knocked him out. Seriously, man. I thought he connected because he just fucking, he, again, did a Tom Brady hip swivel like he was getting ready to throw a Mm -hmm. 50-yard bomb on this guy. Just fucking cocked him one. And, um, yeah, live with the shoulder. The you know what I mean? Like, he really got in there. And the coins, like, coming out of his hand also added to the, like, realness of the punch. Whether it was a work punch or a real punch, it fucking looked as real as it gets. So, credit to him for at least doing a, a good working punch uh, to FTR Bald there. Brian J. Bay in the chat here on YouTube Live says, I never liked the rock hard thing until Tom started putting it over. <laughs> the rock is hard. I know, now I want it. Rock hard. Uh, speaking of Brian J. Bay Bay and this scenario here, we've got a tweet the table from Brian J. Bay Bay, and he says, Oh shit, are we going to get bald FTR and hairy FTR versus the butter knife J. White and rock hard caveman? Hashtag tweet the table. And I said, is a rock hard? That's what I replied with. Is a rock hard? It's a rock hard. (laughs) (laughs) So it ends this segment with Ricky Starks, the coolest man of all five of them, uh, said, Jay White, you piece of shit. Next week, these guys aren't allowed. And that fucking caveman ain't allowed. It's me and you. We're going to fight. And Jay White's like, don't cry. You know, whatever Jay White does. And so we're going to get that match next week. Uh, so we after go. that, yeah. we, we come back and we get a major announcement, Tim, stop the presses, major announcement, no blinking allowed. Well, Tony Khan. Well, Brian J also mentioned that announcement in the tweet the table. Oh, let's get to it then. He said, Tony Khan, again, as you're about to mention is here to make a big announcement, which is the theme is the thing we've been seeing on AEW dynamites lately. And Brian J says, Tony Khan's big announcement for Collision. Everyone gets a muffin. Hashtag tweet the table. I don't want to necessarily do a deep dive tonight because we have enough time until June 17th. But as mentioned, the big announcements. Credit to him in this regard for this one specifically. He didn't say it's a major announcement. He just says he has an announcement. Sure. So, yeah, he didn't okay. say this is the biggest announcement in AEW yeah, history. He, yeah, you got to tune in tonight because of announcement from Tony Khan. They didn't know press for it or anything like that. So credit to him for at least backing off a little bit. But what the announcement was is that June 17th for the debut episode of AEW Collision from the United Center, because tickets are low, we're announcing CM Punk. That's the whole reason we did this. That's the whole reason is because he's like, hey, do they not know he's going to be here? Fuck, we might as well just say, hey, CM Punk's going to be here. Now we can put his name on the poster and hopefully more tickets go. So I guess let's dig a little bit into this. Mm -hmm. How do you Mm -hmm. think this collision thing is going to go? I don't want, this is what I don't want to have happen. Mm. A complete copy 
of when he came back on Rampage. Oh, sure. Don't do the crowds chanting, we're getting them all hyped, and the music hits, because that moment's passed. Not to say that some people don't feel that way, because there definitely are, and to each their own. But you got to do something more creative than that this time around. Yeah. That's the only challenge I have to AEW creative, whoever is in charge of this, is it can't just be, I'm back again, because look, even if you love them, you're kind of going to say that's lame. So you got to have some diversion, right? Play his music, MJF walks out. Then CM Punk comes out to confront him or something like that. You know what I mean? So even the CM Punk thing aside, collision as a whole, how do you think this goes? Is this a success when we're looking back in a couple years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, he's an idiot, but he does make a good statement in his book title Controversy creates cash. Eric Bischoff was on to something where if you hate it or you like it, at least we're going to have you talk about it. And as I mentioned earlier, earlier, currency is attention. Eyeballs is what everyone's fighting for. And if whether it's good or bad, if CM Punk is a trending topic on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, <clears throat> that's a good thing. And so yeah. whether he comes out and it's mixed reactions... That's not well, important. Okay. But let's say, okay, so CM Punk, again, aside, let's say the CM Punk thing is here three months, CM Punk gets injured, we don't hear from him again in a month. Like, is Collision yeah, right. a success says, uh, yeah. in several years? Is it hinge on CM Punk? Does it hinge on controversy? Do they have to manufacture controversy in a couple months? I think so. Here's why. Friday night, you can almost get by, because even though it's a night that people do things there's not a lot of competition right coming up in a couple months every saturday night tim you're probably going to be watching it we got college football we got usc versus ucla or whoever the fuck the good teams are now right georgia versus georgia state i don't know if they're good but one of those fucking teams right i never thought about a saturday night what time a night it's like seven seven o'clock Yeah, and here's the other big thing. time games on. So big time games, and that's coming up. That's your major competition. But what your competition is every month, once a month, is the UFC. The UFC train is not stopping. They're going to keep it going. Next month, they've got Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler for the BMF belt. You want to know what the BMF stands for? Bad motherfucker. That's going to be a that hell legit, of a fucking fight. Yeah. It's a BMF belt. They've oh, done it uh, once before. Um, they did it with Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz. Masvidal fucking wrecked Nate Diaz, which I'm still Team Diaz for life, but he got his ass kicked. Um, but they're doing that fight, and the, this is the second time they fought. The first time they fought, it's an all-time classic. I would recommend if anyone wants to watch a fight, watch the first Poirier versus uh, um, God. I just already forgot his name. Justin Gaethje fight. Um, so they got that to come up with, right? That's next month. Then, as I mentioned, John Jones is coming back. Then you got Conor McGregor. Then you got, and that's all Saturday nights. And then let's add a, a little bit more to that. Let's say the third Saturday is the big John Jones fight. Well, the second Saturday, WWE is going to do a London pay-per-view on a Saturday night called Money in the Bank or whatever it is. Now you got to compete with that too. So collision, you got to make, something happened here besides 
punk. Isn't punk cool? Because, I mean, look, he can be, and he can do some stuff, but he's also 45, I think. And so, is he going to be around in three years? I think he's 62. still going to be on Saturdays? I mean, his body's probably 74, but they say he's 45. So, Saturday night kind of sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, even if... I mean, like, even if I'm home on Saturday night, which, I mean, I largely am. I'm an old-ass man with family. But, like, usually I'm not just, like, well, let me pull up a regular thing each Saturday night, right? There's, like, a movie involved with the family or, or, or just something, right? Like, so, again, it feels like a show that, like, similar to Rampage, I'm going to catch on the DVR later if I think Unless it, it is good. something. Right. Unless it is something. Now, even if it is something, I still feel like it's one of those where, like, maybe I watch that Sunday night on the DVR instead of Saturday. Tim, if I tell you CM Punk and FTR versus The Elite is Saturday night, you're going to watch that Sunday? Probably. That's the biggest match they can make. I don't get Just why. Because I don't I, like the majority whatever. of the people in that match. <laughs> well, neither do they. They don't like each other. Yeah, Isn't exactly. that fun? Yeah. Right. yeah. So anyhow, yeah, that's a personal preference, but I'm saying whatever your biggest match is, Eddie Kingston versus Hangman or whatever it may Jeffrey be. Jeffrey you know Todd I mean? here says, and this is a, a largely contested, discussed idea that we haven't discussed in the news because it's all rumors here, but are AEW doing a brand split like WWE? Hell no. Hell no. They're going to try for a month and realize, hey, uh, CM Punk does really well Saturdays at 7.30. Can he do really well uh, Wednesdays at 7.30? Well, let's see. Hey, CM Punk's on Dynamite tonight because he's getting a Superstar Weekly. <laughs> yeah. And look, yeah. Is the brand split ever been a fucking thing over there in WWE? Not really. Exactly. The first one. The very first one for a while. Yeah, AJ Styles, I think, was on Monday night. Even then, even when they had the hardest brand split they ever had, the Universal Champion could go to either brand. <laughs> well, like, the the hardest one they did was when they awarded Triple H the World Championship because Brock Lesnar stayed on SmackDown. Yeah. And then they didn't actually yeah. fucking touch or look at each other until yeah. I think it was like Shawn Michaels went over to SmackDown as a cameraman and super kick yeah. Kurt angle because they had something at the Royal rumble. Remember that? That was yes. the brand split. Well, I remember you, I said universal, but I think I meant undisputed, but you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. when it was like, Hey, we Same did the brand time. split brand is the split, except, you know, there's one champion. So we can go to either. brand. <laughs> yeah. Like, All yeah. right. Well, then what the fuck does this mean? Honestly, if I were to consult with AEW, which I fucking should, cause I'm tired. Like my brain. Is. Tom. Yeah. Look how big my fucking brain yeah, is. He's got here. a I gotta fat wear, brain. Yeah, I got to wear a big ass hat just to keep it in. Um, they should have went to Tuesday nights. If you recall, back in the day when SmackDown got good again, they did Raw on Monday and SmackDown on Tuesday. Remember that? Remember when yeah, AJ remember Styles that. and Dean Ambrose were fighting over the world championship and you had James Ellsworth and all that fun Tuesday shit? Nights. You know? Yeah. So do Tuesday night and Wednesday. Ellsworth. Night. Hey, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. The character yeah. was great. By the way, side note, side quest. We'll get back in Dynamite. Did you see what happened after Dynamite aired? Did you watch the program right after no, Dynamite uh, aired? No. Oh, <laughs> Tim, you should have. Rich and Shameless. It says sports documentary series, which I won't even get into the sports aspect because you all probably know my opinion. We'll bypass that. They aired Gawker versus Hulk Hogan. Mm. And boy, 
was it captivating for all the wrong reasons it was a trip you should watch it it's it's a it's a but again i love hulk hogan hulk hogan told me to uh eat my vitamins say my prayers and try as hard as i can i don't give a fuck about terry bilea so to your point about james ellsworth i don't know what the fuck that guy did when he wasn't on tv but i kind of liked his no chin ass when he was on smackdown so whatever any man with two hands any man with two hands i'm gonna get my ass kicked you know didn't he beat aj styles yes i think so dean ambrose helped him i think so yes jesus good on aj right Look at he's like, oh, oh yeah, I'll put the kid over. Yeah, who cares? Oh, he I'll raped you? Yeah. Oh, fuck shit. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, again, <laughs> I don't know any of that shit. Don't care. Don't know like these people. Don't want to know them. The best thing anyone can do, in my opinion, was definitely don't want to know them. I've met a few. Don't want to know. Well, here's my words to live by with anything that you like. Know as little as possible about it. Ignorance You'll is be bliss. so much better. You'll be so much better if you like, there are so many fighters I like in the UFC who I couldn't even fucking tell you where they live. Cause I don't want to know anything about them. I just want to watch them fight in the cage. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right. Don't know anything about them. Anyhow, let's get into the next matchup. It was a triple threat. Trent Beretta versus big bill, the backup singer to juice Robinson and the coolest man in professional wrestling swerve Strickland. Now, these three competed in the blackjack casino battle royal at double or nothing you had orange cassidy retain his championship but what did you think of the battle royal did you like it did you have fun battle royal was fine i mean it just it's slow to start and then the ending the who was the last one against orange cassidy i'm forgetting swerve Uh, swerve right yeah that like from the start of them realizing it was the last two that first little segment before they took their first like breather break while the crowd clapped was one of the best little segments I've seen in wrestling in a while. And the elimination where he's like, "I'm gonna hit him! I'm gonna hit him!" All this oh, kick that was his so great, off. yeah, yeah. Now, Trent Beretta is in this triple threat, and I'm curious to know because they put him in this match and they showed the clip from the match. If we're gonna get anything built off of Big Bill was gonna kick Orange Cassidy off the apron and Trent threw him to the side so that he could take the kick. Yeah, here's here's the storyline for you. Okay. Orange Cassidy finally loses the All-Atlantic International Championship. International, yep. Trent Beretta, because he's like, he's starting to get, like, you know what I mean? The, the dissension happens there, and then we get the mega powers explode of the best friends. So we we teased this, if you remember, early on in his uh, championship reign, where it was Trent saying, like, are you sure you want to fight me? And Orange Cassidy's like, yeah, I don't care, whatever. And he's like, all right, then, motherfucker. You know, and Orange Cassidy kind of had to skate on the skin of his teeth there to get the victory. So maybe, maybe, we'll see. But Swerve Strickland wins this match. I think all three guys look great. Uh, I said on Twitter yeah. at Table Show when I uh, did a uh, live tweet of it. This just shows you the depth of AEW's roster because Swerve Strickland's starting to do something, right? But Big Bill and Trip Red are kind of doing nothing, but all three are over, right? They're yeah, all sure. getting reactions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, with this match, I started feeling, I was like, man, Dynamite's been a lot of these tonight. We've had a lot of these matches where 
again, if I'm watching, if I'm in the kayfabe, if I'm watching and this is a real fight, which again, we know it's not, but what do these matches mean? These feel like exhibition matches, right? These triple threat, like they just, there's not a whole lot of storyline built into these matches, but the matches all delivered, right? Mm-hmm. As did this one. Yeah. It just kind of felt, it was like, all right, I get it. We just came off a pay-per-view. We're just and these three were in like, a match. Hey, look what we're doing. Right. Yeah. And these three were in a match. And what was explained was like Big Bill was eliminated by, or Trent was eliminated by Big Bill. Yeah, yeah, Swerve Strickland was. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah, they didn't. It just nothing, but nothing like, crazy. All, yeah, all nothing. night up until this point, I, I remember thinking, I was just kind of like, all right, this, yeah. we're, we're happening tonight. Things are happening. Well, to keep it going with things are happening and not much, uh, the Acclaim come out. And they just say, Billy Gunn deserves a title, doesn't they? Yeah, sure. This guy, he's old, yeah. he's big. He's bigger than 98% Everybody. of our roster. Everyone loves us. Bigger than Big Bill. Scissors. <laughs> yeah, Billy Gunn. See, this is, I've said it a million times. I don't want to say it again, but I'm going to. Ha <laughs> uh, ha. You can't Wardlow be the muscle guy when 53-year-old Billy Gunn's fucking bigger than you, man. Find something else. I digress. Um, so yeah, there we're in. Uh, Shivoni is back in the ring, and this is where we get some fun. So we'll revisit it. So he's in the ring, and he's like, "This piece of shit." Again, I'm paraphrasing. This piece of shit's coming down in the ring, and it's with no music. He said something. He was like, "I'm about to vomit my mouth calling this guy <laughs> to the ring or something." Yeah, yeah he really shit on Don. Callus and Takeshita come out. No music. The music is the booze. Oh, where they, were we again? What city were we in? I forget. Uh, San Diego, San Wales Diego. vagina, Wales vagina. That's, that's what it's German that's for. What it means. Right, okay. yeah, you didn't know right, that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I heard that somewhere. Yeah. Here's another great detail for, to the Don Callis character. I don't know who did the artwork, but it, did you see the painting of? Yeah. You know what that is? Huh. That's a that's a, a homage or whatever you want to call it, a parody of Ivan the Terrible when he killed his son. That's oh, the okay. exact like the painting of Ivan the Terrible. Go look it up. When Ivan the Terrible is holding his son after he killed him, that's the same fucking pose nice. that they got Don Callis with Kenny Omega. Fucking brilliant, brilliant. Uh, I don't know why I always know that Ivan Terrible thing, but I do. So anyhow, whatever. Stupid things in my head. So big. Like I said, so yeah, big. Right, yeah, big brain. Um, big brain here. Uh, so let's get into what Don Callis says. If you could hear it. <laughs> he this says. Crowd, first of all, I, thunderous. Destroying yeah. everything. And Don Callis just knowing how to work with it. Right? Like knowing you got to say something. You got to talk over the booze, but you say something quick yep. and let them boo worse. And just yeah. killed it. Just destroyed it. And honestly, you know, how to say this? He has more time in the ring, and he's done this double the amount of the person I'm going to compare him to. But, like, this is how you do it, not with Dominic in WWE. Dominic gets just as bad as the booze, but he does the, like, hey, oh, yeah. Like, he kind of waits for it a little bit. Like, you, and then they give it to him. They do give it to him. Not going to say that they don't. But he does a little bit of, like, I'm just going to say one word and then expect well, you guys to boo, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it becomes, yeah. With Dominic, it's more of like, he's, he knows it's the game. Whereas like Don Callis is still kind of leading the conversation yeah. and just making you boo more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Now, other side quests I want to get into before we get into the meat and potatoes of what he says here. I'm going to do a quick side quest. I think I've been seeing this I'm on our YouTube stream as well. Uh, go to a one shot of me. A one shot, as I like yeah, to say. Yeah, there. Of yeah. just me. I just want to make sure that I, I'm seeing this correctly. Yeah, okay. This is the only time right here that I like crowd shots. This is what this is the T Mac rant of the week. Stop live events. This is bigger than pro wrestling. This is football, basketball, baseball. Stop showing me the fucking crowd. Cause guess what I'm doing? The same fucking thing that they're doing. Why do I, when I'm surprised, need to see fans who are surprised? Why, when I'm cheering because Hangman won the world title, do I need to see fans cheering? It's the worst fucking thing in in wrestling specifically, but in all of it. Like, I never want to see in a big fourth down between the Bills and Bengals, which fuck both those teams, one of their fan bases going like, hey guys, we're making, fuck off. I want to see the action. Like, you know, we had this whole Usos thing at Night of Champions where they kick uh, Roman Reigns in the head and all that stuff. Someone counted it. I did not, so I'm taking their word for it on Twitter. There were 31 different cuts in that one fucking action that took place. And this is where, like, sometimes, especially for AEW, has a very lesser than production crew than WWE, just put it in the ring. Just put the fucking camera on the ring, and that's all you need. 98% of the time, unless you need a a zoom-in shot of a wrestler, that's it. Like, Chris Statlander, which we'll get to in a moment, she did sign language when she came out and won the title from Jade Cargill. We missed it because we were looking at a fucking fan. Then, when she after she won the TBS championship, which we'll get to her match against Nyla Rose, she sign languaged, I am the TBS champion, and they cut to the crowd in the middle of BNS when she was sign languaging it. Because you don't fucking have any patience just put the goddamn fucking camera on the ring it's so fucking maddening anyhow yeah let's yeah, talk about Don Kelsey. I, I get when yeah. they say like we need movement but like she's moving she's right? doing Not it yeah. do hand oh, yeah. gestures, but yes. like right yeah yeah she's, she's doing the thank you or whatever it is right. yeah so, so like i just i cannot stand it with this I don't know another way to say it, so I'm not trying to be insensitive to anyone who suffers from it, but like this ADD television, just the people will do it, especially in wrestling. They're going to kick and hit each other a lot. So like, just show that. That's all you got to fucking do in pro wrestling. Yeah. So Don Callis, what'd you think of the promo outside of the booze? Did you like the... I like the whole deliverance. It was like, hey, listen, like, you know what I mean? I did like, you know, we talk a lot about Kenny Omega, but it's been me right driving it like i mean it fits wonderful again we've talked about this before you've got some great talkers that are not wrestlers make them managers i suddenly care about seeing Takesh to get his ass kicked mm-hmm. when before i couldn't give two shits about him right so a couple things here one that was confusing was earlier in the night when Brian Danielson was on commentary during the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Taz and Excalibur were like, hey, so that Don Callis and Takesha, they with Blackpool Combat Club? 
And Danielson's like, man, I'll let him talk. He's talking later. I'll let him talk. But then we get here and Don Callis talks about how he did everything for Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega wanted to play with his friends, the elite. That was stupid. So I found a new son Takeshita, and Takeshita is better than Okada. And then they, one good piece of, uh, camera work they did is as soon as he said that they went to the forbidden door poster behind his uh shoulder that might be your answer from earlier yeah but they never addressed like tony shivani didn't just outright say hey you piece of shit are you in the blackpool combat club like it was never addressed by don Callis at all during this promo i don't want them to be in the blackpool combat club but yeah they should address it at some point the the one of the coolest things going back to the anarchy in the arena match that I liked is when Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page realizing that they were the only two in the ring and all of the members of Blackpool Combat Club surrounded them and they just looked at each other and like motherfuckers were going down swinging and that theme that thing is what I want the elite to feel with the Blackpool Combat Club coming from the right and Don Callis and his gang of you know whatever you want to call them coming from the left yeah they're coming from the left and then you got CM Punk and FTR trying to take what they have from this side and they're like what the fuck do we do like I want that for the elite because I think that's the best story that they could tell I like that that's solid hire Tom thanks Thanks. Yeah, I'm fucking done. No. <laughs> um, all right. Then we get back into the ring. Oh, we get Wardlow. He challenges Luchasaurus. Neat. I will say Wardlow. There's not a lot for him to offer, but he offered every fucking thing he had at Double or Nothing. He yeah. He threw himself around. <laughs> yeah, he broke his shin. It looked like jumping from the ring onto the. Um, ladder he did the jeff hardy spot which again if you can do it maybe don't do the muscle gimmick uh on to luchasaurus and so he challenges luchasaurus we'll see what happens there we get back in the ring and it's the gates of agony who fucking look like action figures god bless america they are they are cut they haven't they had are carbon presents well one of them has but the other one hasn't but the one that hasn't right. looks thick he's a thick yeah, boy right. you know what i mean Looks like a thick cut of bacon. Um, they are taking on <laughs> Darby <awful>. Allen. <laughs> you know, whatever. Darby Allen. They're not all home runs, okay? Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy. And Brian Cage and Swerve Strickland come down to watch the match. So, long story short, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy get the victory. Swerve Strickland, though, looks like he's going to continue this feud against Orange Cassidy, which we then next week will get for the international championship, Swerve Strickland versus Orange Cassidy. So I first will ask you, are we getting a new champ? Swerve? I wouldn't mind. I would like it. They've told the story that Orange Cassidy is running on fumes defending this title. So him losing wouldn't be like he's fresh for the last 60 days. He hasn't wrestled. He's coming in a hundred percent. So it wouldn't look the worst for him. And then. Especially if we get Swerve any- and his gang of, of folks to do something nefarious and really harm Orange Cassidy to the point where we're like, geez, man. Yeah. Make it easy. The other, the other thing that you may run into, which I hope you don't is I do think Swerve as the, 
well, if you're going to get to me, you got to get through all these fucking guys and it's Brian Cage and the gates. You know what I mean? That's cool. But that's kind of what MJF does through other means. But the you got to jump through the hoops before you get the title shot. So if Swerve does get the title match or the title, I hope it's not the same playbook. You know, I hope it's not the same. Oh, well, guess what? You got to get through Brian Cage and Gates of Agony in a three-on-one match. Then you get my title shot. It's like, nah, man, come on. No, we don't need to, need to be doing that. But yeah. Swerve with gold is always good in my book. Always. All right. And then what do we got here? MJF cuts a promo, said he's tired. There's no competition for him. Motherfucker, you just wait for Eddie Kingston, bitch. Anyhow. Uh, Who is going to be the one to answer this? Because I imagine that's what we'll get next week, right? And then uh, who's going to be the one to be MJF's next? Who should it be? I don't know. Who I want it to be? I don't know of his timeline, but it's Eddie it Kingston. Hmm. CM Punk. Uh, great. That's what I think. I think they're going to say. Super we excited got... about that. Yay. Well, but again, peeking behind the curtain, you got six months top with CM Punk before he finds something else to get angry about. So let's get this fucking money match in. Or he, <laughs> or he rips the tendon in his elbow, something weird where he can't. You know. Yeah. It's never like a, a major injury. It's just like a weird one that like is like, oh, it was his left pinky. They broke his foot jumping into the crowd. Has that ever happened? Nope, he's the first? Okay, right. cool. Yeah. All right. Drop the title. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, but yeah, uh, he cuts a promo. I don't know who will be next. I want if he wasn't injured, I would say let's go with Eddie Kingston right now. Yeah. Other options, if you wanted to kind of shotgun this pretty quick, wouldn't hate it if it was hangman. Wouldn't hate it if it was hangman. True. versus mjf who else is a main event like if you if you had to like write main eventers mid carters you know mm -hmm. under carters like who's in the main event column in AEW? hangman cm punk moxley mj danielson. danielson we already did danielson but we feel we've done that mm -hmm. omega omega again mm. omega might be cool I don't know if you would say he's currently right now a main eventer, but I think Ring of Honor got all of their uh, yeah. monthly buys that you can get out of them. I would put Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa I feel like, Joe. You know, so you start looking sometimes at like, well, who's coming up, and so you think your name's like your Ricky Starks, but they just did that with this Pillars thing, right? We just mm -hmm. did the Jungle Boy, the Darby sammy so that feels like now you got to get somebody who's like no this is established main eventer mm -hmm. yeah not yeah. a whole lot a whole lot let's let's what take a look get? here Ooh. oh yes we get a miro back yeah but miro's feuding with god which is the coolest thing in the world so i don't know if i want to end that you know who we're getting you know who are god damn it you know uh, who we're getting jeff jarrett <laughs> you son of a bitch no I'll uh, I'll put a pin in it and we'll get to it later. Foreshadowing. Um, oh, I think I know. So then we go back into the ring and Tony Khan or Tony Khan, excuse me, Tony Schiavone is in the ring and he gets interrupted by Hook. 
And then Hook, before he can say anything, gets interrupted by LFI or LF, LFI, yeah, LFI. And they start to attack Hook. And here comes the man with the second best head of hair in pro wrestling, Jungle Boy. Hook has the best hair. Head oh, of hair. Hook is the best. So, yeah, man. Come on, Tim. Keep up. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm losing mine. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and so we're getting Jungle Hook again. What do you think about that? A boy and his hook. Boy and his hook. Uh, yeah, man, it looks like we're getting Darby and uh, Hook or Darby and Jungle Boy were tag teaming, but now also. Well, Darby and Jungle Jungle Boy were only tag teaming because it was a force because it was the four. Yeah, thing. OK. This is like yeah. a genuine friendship. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like we've done this a lot with Hook. Hook is. Hook is the big show of the times, right? Where he's in a tag team with somebody at all times. Well, this is where I think we need to uh, pull the trigger. I think we say, Hook don't need no fucking Jungle Boy. And he suplexed the shit out of Jungle Boy. And then Jungle Boy says, yeah. And then Jungle Boy says, oh, my name is Jack Perry, bitch. And then we get a little bit more, kind of like what we did with Christian, but a little bit more of like, we're peers fighting for the same thing meanness out of him or do it the opposite way have jungle boy say like why the fuck does everyone like this guy he's yet to say a word i cut better promos than him and i suck that's you know, something then, yeah, right. yeah yeah you know something like that that's what i would want but we'll see uh let's keep it moving here uh we go to the tbs championship match as mentioned our new champion chris statlander who defeated jade cargill she went 60 and 0 and then lost her first match to Chris Statlander after defeating Tay Valkyrie. What did you make of that whole scene? I think they did that really well. We've talked a lot about how are we going to get this off Jade Cargill. I think that fits very well. Just finished a match. Lawyers out there talking shit. Writes a check that her ass can't cash because the returning, honestly, sizable right person that could take her on is now just a little too much to handle because you just had a match. You lose, but that's a quick, easy way to be like, I don't even give a shit anymore. I'd already fucking beat everybody anyway. I already beat her before. She had to surprise me. Who gives a shit? I don't even care about that title back anymore. You know, if we run into each other, it's on, but I'm not chasing you down. I'm going after this title. Mm -hmm. On to the world heavyweight title. Yep. I think the thing now, usually when people lose like that, they go away. And then we get a surprise return, and usually it's babyface. I wouldn't Which do that. Here. But I wouldn't do that. I'd keep Jade heel. I personally, because I think the feud that she currently has is going to go a little bit longer with the outcast. But I'd have her say, Britt Baker, you got everything I'm fighting for, bitch. Me and you next week. And it's her and Britt Baker, who isn't the champion but you're still getting a top level talent to get your feet wet into that main event scene for the women's division. Yeah. That's what I do. No, I think it's good. Yeah. Like well, one thing to note here, Chris Antlander defeats Nyla Rose, but one thing to note is Tay Valkyrie is what backstage watching and commentary says like she looks pissed and maybe she's mad that she did all the work and then Statlander got the results that she should have got one of those kind of things. So maybe, that hodgepodge of a character, Tay Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie, uh, does a heel turn. I don't Maybe. Know. I 
I am so uninterested in Taya Valkyrie for this reason alone. She is not a bad wrestler. I think her wrestling is very, very good, especially in a shallow AEW women's division. And that's not a slight. They're just a lot of young talent like Anna Jade, Jade Cargill, so on and so forth. I don't like that. I don't know what the fuck she is. She's Valkyrie, but there's no like Viking stuff except for her boots. You said best when you said she gives off the I go to clubs with my daughter vibes. Yeah. Yeah, that's now that's her, maybe. That's the vibe she gives yeah. off. But the character yeah. is Valkyrie, just, yeah. but boots, but then I dance like Naomi, right? So I'm like the white Naomi, but then nah, I'm a little bit more vicious, but nah, I still like to dance. But then yeah. yeah, maybe I go to the club with my daughter. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? I don't know what I'm watching. I'm not interested in any of it. It's stupid put her fuck yeah tim god damn my brain is so fucking big put her as the fucking valet roadie like uh what do they call him in rock and roll music uh got the big brain on tom over here got the fucking big brain i can't even think of this word what do they call the women that follow uh all the musicians around groupies groupies that's the thing i'm looking for Make her the groupie of fucking rock hard Juice Robinson and backup singer Big Bill. The rock is hard. And she's like, yeah, the rock is hard. He's yeah, over there shredding Big Bill's over there on a bass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all he says. Yeah. yeah. And he just. Doom, she's doom, over there doom, doom, doing doom. the, the uh, Kelly Kelly ECW reboot strip dance <laughs> right. was kelly kelly right that was yeah fucking yeah. and she danced like an inflatable remember those fucking inflatables yes. in front of car washes yes, exactly. she was just wiggling up there they're right. like ecw's back <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got a brick wall and a chain link fence. <laughs> yeah. There's a vampire. It's grungy. <laughs> the rock is hard. That's <laughs> that should have been their thing. Would have saved it. Would have saved yeah. the whole fucking what if, promotion. Yeah. yeah, Big Show could have oh. still been the ECW champion. Today. Yeah, still to this day, who would have? Oh man, missed opportunity. All right. Speaking of someone uh, who looks like an aging rock star, we get to our main event, Chris Jericho, who is an aging rock star, mm. and Soraya take on Britt Baker, and this is who I think will challenge MJF mm, next, yeah. Adam Cole, baby, and this was fun, right? Yeah, fun. well, we've got two, two, excuse me, tweet the tables about this. One first comes from Katie First Lady, who says, uh, oops, wrong one, she says, I feel like anyone who's ever had a feud with Jericho in the last few months has not come off better in the end. Hashtag tweet the table. And Brian J says, Adam Cole is definitely stuck in the Jericho portal. Hashtag tweet the table. I would argue on paper, Ricky Starks did, but it's not good in execution. If I were to tell you the hottest free agent that both WWE and AEW wanted Jay White comes to AEW and his first feud is with Ricky Starks. On paper, you would say like, fuck yeah, that's great Solid. for Ricky. In practice, <laughs> sucked. Uh, but that's not his fault. 
It's because these guys are fucking dweebs. Um, but yeah, more times than not, you come off. Look at Action and Dreddy. That motherfucker, where's he been at? What's he doing? Thankfully, hmm? not around. But I mean, he was going to be something. No, he right? wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, someone right, yeah. wanted him to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just, it's not good. Not good. Um, so yeah, I thought the they flirted with in this match, if you noticed, a lot of uh, women beat up the men, right? Mm-hmm. Britt Baker puts Jericho in the lockjaw. I think at one time Soraya kicked uh, Adam Cole, if I if my memory serves me correct. Uh, so, and in the video game, which comes out June 29th, pre-order now, um, I did, uh, you can do intergender matches. Tim, are we going that way? Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. I don't know how TBS and Warner Brothers Discovery addresses that. Nope. That's my that's my vote. Nope. Um there you go. Uh but Britt Baker and Adam Cole win Bay Bay. And so that's two victories in back to back showings for Adam Cole. Do we think Adam Cole is done with Jericho. I would hope so. And it makes sense, as you said, if we move him on to be the next MJF, because we haven't got that. And I feel like when we tried to shuffle the deck, we've gotten every <gasps> combo we can do, right? When we were going through the mm-hmm. list of who could MJF face. Oops. <laughs> right? We've done it all. Adam Cole on to the next. And I wouldn't hate it uh, if, Anytime somebody's feuding with Jericho these days, I wouldn't hate it if they moved on from it. As weird as that sounds, I put Jericho in the top ten of all time. I wouldn't, um, but yes. But it I just, wouldn't argue with you, but right. I would, but yeah, yes. I mean, if I really sat down, somewhere hovering in there, right? He's a top ten talent. Mm-hmm. His influence on this industry is amazing. Uh, but, you know, I just, anymore, I feel like it's the same thing for the last nine times. Don't we? I've said this multiple times, and I think you have too. He should have retired with the MJF feud after the, the five, 30 years of Jericho and the whole, yeah, yeah. should have been go to commentary. Then you could have been a manager, then you could have been commentating, then you could have been a whatever, right? We could still put you on TV, mm-hmm. but this idea that I think you're going to be in there and feuding with folks and trying, like, I just don't, man. I think a guy like Jericho has to take a long look at, like, yes. You're everything I said you were, right? You're you're a top ten talent. You might be on people's rushmores. You have done storylines that people never would have thought of. But you're not doing something in this ring that's gonna put somebody over to the point that they're the next big star and you're like helping the industry moving forward on your way out or anything any more than you've already done. Mm-hmm. Where you might be able to do that is a manager for a Takeshita or you know, the GM for that somebody's fighting for whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Your annoyance and your mic skills are still probably as great as they've ever been. But we've got to get done with this idea that, like, you're an active competitor that I think people are fighting. Yeah. 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 I agree wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, one other idea, if you, if you don't want to go with Adam Cole, because Adam Cole feuded with Hangman. And that wasn't that long ago. So maybe you say, ah, maybe not. I don't know if I'd do it at a pay-per-view, but a summer beach, whatever they call their summer event, you know, that they do on uh, TBS. Road Rager, yeah. What if 
Swerve wins the international championship. Mm. We have Orange Cassidy just take a break for a couple weeks. MJF's just cutting promos, being the best ever. And then Orange Cassidy's like, hey, I just I want the title now. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be fine. I think that would be good, but I wouldn't want a long-term story. No, no, that's what I'm saying. For, like, the Road Rager, you do a three-week thing where Orange Cassidy says this, MJF gets mad that he's a lazy shit and he's getting over because these fans are dumb. Then we do the match. There you go. Maybe that's the quick next thing. No, I mean, I think the clear answer is Jeff Jarrett. God damn it. I proposed a special episode where we do something together for our listeners and fans. If we do, this is you going upside your head, me. you saw just yeah. Wanna, yeah, you're just like, yeah. oh, next time I see this guy, it's on site. I'm gonna fucking hit him. You mentioned Jeff Jarrett seven times. We got six more hits. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> All right, so from yeah. Double or Nothing, what did we miss? Uh, we had FTR uh, defeat Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. Got with... here. We've got to tweet the table. Okay. Katie, the first lady, says, talking about Jamie Hayter, she says, this run should have been better. And had she not been in the shadow of Brit, she was the champion and still playing second fiddle. Hashtag AW double or nothing. So, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, Tony Storm is the new AW women's champion, right? She beat Jamie Hayter. And I, we all wanted Hayter to win this at the moment. Hayter was on fire. We think they were apparently a little late a real on the injury. draw, maybe. Right? Yeah, and it's a real injury. Real injury. I don't think anybody would say she did bad. I don't think anybody would say we got the whole, like, we want this. And then when we got it, we went, eh, it was fine. She did just fine. I think we wanted more. And the matches that she did give us, especially that fucking main event match against Akaro Shida, that's one of the best AEW women's matches they've had all time. It was amazing. And I would argue, even though Britt Baker is Britt Baker, God damn, if she didn't try her fucking best to say, this girl right here, Jamie Hayter, is the fucking one. There was yeah, we never, never made a this moment. about Britt Baker, ever. Yeah. Even though we the whole. Did. Yeah, you we all I mean? did from the moment Jamie Hayter stepped on the scene, right? Before we even yeah. thought about her as a world title contender, when she was first brought in as the Diesel, you know, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, well, this is going to be. Yeah. Right. We did this. They did not. They just kept saying, Britt Baker is supporting Jamie Hader at every step of, of the way. So I think we kind of did that more than AEW. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the moment of the night, Tim, the moment of the entire night, it wasn't anarchy in the arena. It wasn't MJF and the other pillars. Statlander coming back, all of that stuff, great. But it wasn't the moment of the night. It wasn't even Max Caster's rap on the House of Black doing blackface, all that stuff. So it wasn't funny. even that fucking lead singer actually in blackface fucking singing that song which was really fucking weird i don't know who signed off on that the moment of the night begrudgingly that made me laugh and hoot and holler for a solid two minutes was the goddamn guitar shot from karen jarrett <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that one really took me for a loop i was like holy shit because they had just done Right, so you didn't expect this coming. <laughs> and just so for all the shit talking we do on like, hey, they, they missed these shots. They nailed that shot. <laughs> Somebody coordinated that one to a T and got that one to just whap or or the broken clock is right twice a day. But we got that shot great. Yeah. <laughs> Aubrey acted like she got shot. 
poor Aubrey. Probably took two years off her life with that fucking show. <laughs> I hope they paid and her well. Credit, she got a nice and, bonus for that one, I hope. Oh, my God. And credit to Karen Jarrett taking out all of her anger from her marriage from Kurt Angle and Dude, fucking throwing that. She swung <laughs> that yeah. thing like she was sledgehammering a fucking Whoa. post into the ground. Just <laughs> like Aubrey fucking smiled at her husband and catering too much. <laughs> she fucking oh, hammered man. her. Oh, man. Karen Jarrett was going through those divorce proceedings with Kurt Angle and said, this anger's coming out on Aubrey. I like that your name starts with an A, like Angle. Yeah. <laughs> Angle, you bitch. Hey, that's acting 101, right? Get in, However you get there, get there, right? Like, Just put yourself in yeah. that moment. Yeah. All right. Oh, God. Well, speaking of get there, I don't. I think that might be all we've got. We'll, we'll let you get, unless you've got more stuff to go over. Well, the only thing I was going to say is your feedback on the biggest moment of the weekend, mm. and that's the Usos turning their back on Roman Reigns. What did you think of this? I thought the angle was odd for me that it was Jimmy leading that, right? Like, that went through me for a loop because we've talked about this whole time. Like, it started with Jay. It should end with mm-hmm. Jay. And so my Jimmy finally cracked here. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't take long for Jimmy. Because Jimmy's a ride or die until you push him. And then he's a quick to the gun, fuck you, I'm going to shoot you in the head kind of guy. I love Jimmy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jay's the one that's like, God dang it, I'm conflicted. And I'm not, bitch. I'm either riding with you or I'm shooting you in the head. That's yeah, it. We are we are here or we're there. But we yeah. ain't between them two fucking things. We're either <laughs> we're here or we're there. You exactly. say the wrong thing, we'll be there. But you keep saying the right things, we'll be right here. Yeah. Yeah. I know those people. That's a good phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Hit about. us up yeah, exactly. on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag tweet table. Let us know which one of us is which one of those on, on, on the Spanish dance table. And we'll leave you with that until next week. Uh, and, and hope you'll be our friend right here on Pro Wrestling's Best Podcast. The Spanish announce table.